1: This is the Straight Up Breakdown Podcast with Greg Smith and Jay Foreman. Exclusively on the App Media Network. Oh, yeah. Tell it to me straight up. Hello, and welcome into the Straight Up Breakdown Podcast, proudly part of the Hill Varsity Network. I am Greg Smith, your I wish I could give LeBron James my high ankle, whatever that is, friend.
0: I am Jay Foreman, your uh, gloom and doom uh, co-host. As I look outside and see the... Uh, rain coming down on my house right
1: now man listen I I'm like I feel like (laughs) the weather has come up a lot on like every podcast that I've been listening to that's based here in Nebraska but I feel like we're all going through it uh because I I feel like what was it now two weeks ago when we had that 70 and sunny week where I was out just kind of walking the neighborhood having a good time I thought spring had sprung a little early and we've just been on a roller coaster ever since then
0: yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's uh, even a few days when it was really nice out, we got to, uh, to the point where it was like, you know, 40, 50 mile an hour winds. So that ruins it. So, um, you know, the weather in Nebraska in the springtime, I think everybody was, I think we just went overboard when we had those, you know, three or four really good days. But anytime you don't see the sun here in Nebraska, you, you, I, think it's, I think it's the fearfulness of the negative uh, <laughs> 40 degrees and negative 60 we had for those few days.
1: Yeah, I definitely still have that in my mind because every time the temperature drops a little bit, I, I get a little, little tingle thinking we about to have to go back out there because I don't want to get like I could go a whole another year without having some anything close to that. Because uh, like right after that, when we got that next bit of snow, I just refused to go out there and shovel it like I was like, I'm not doing it. Um, so I definitely understand if people feel some type of way about this weather.
0: Yeah, it's one of those things. I remember texting you at one time. You said if it if it keeps snowing, you're just gonna leave it in God's hands. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah, the- yeah, 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 yeah. So we, you know that's just the way it is. Sometimes we gotta, you know, let let nature take its course. So uh, you know, it's just one of those things that uh, you know we hope we you know it, it's something that we want to talk about twenty years from now in a, in a in a warmer climate, climate where we can say, man, back in Nebraska it was negative sixty for like a week. We couldn't go outside. Uh, but definitely not in 2021, especially after a long year and still battling with COVID.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, listen, we are before we get into coach speak, we are, we always keep it real on the show, kind of keep y'all in the loop of what's happening. Uh, so right off top, I'm going to rip the Band-Aid off on something because uh, we appreciate everybody who's been listening, who's been rocking with us and sharing the show. So I'm going to keep y'all in the loop. Uh, today is actually going to be the final episode of season one of the podcast. Um, Jay has had a, a good opportunity come up that he's earned, and I'll let him share kind of what that uh-huh. is
0: yeah i mean it's it's uh you know just with the volunteer role that uh at, at the university I think it's just you know better um you know just a, you know we're gonna take a pause and focus let me focus on that you know I'll still be around i mean I will still you know me and you' still do some you know stuff here and there uh just on a consistent basis i think that uh my decision to do so uh wasn't either anything that you know was i was made to do but i think that with the other factors of other uh, media members throughout the state, I, I, I'm definitely going to, you know, I'm going to uh, do the right thing. So therefore I'm not uh, in their crosshairs and try to bring me into their, their nonsense, I guess. That's I mean, that's a, the best politically way politically correct way to say it. So, um, so it's just one of the things for, you know, right now, I think it's the best to do. Um, and uh, you know, it's, it's not gone, but, you know, just to take it a pause right now, especially with spring ball coming up, um you know i got you know my you know trying to help out the university the best i can it's not a full-time job uh so i'm not coaching um but you know my main focus is trying to help the university and the kids and so in order to do so just take a pause for for a little while and uh definitely with the you know couple that with uh some other factors that doesn't have anything to do with uh ui or anybody like that there's some other 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 people that i I definitely you know want to you know, keep it arms length. So it's, uh, you know, one of those things and it's, uh, you know, it's been great when the responsive podcast is, you know, it's been outstanding. People look forward to it. So it's something that we'll, you know, continue to do. And I always say whether when there's a will, there's a way. And sometimes you got to readjust. It's like we, uh, you know, we, we might, we, we came out of the blocks, like we're the, um, you know, we're, you know, like the new England Patriots and we need to uh you know readjust to the um you know the season and reevaluate and then we get to come back with more dominance
1: yeah absolutely i think it's funny cuz we're going to talk about the patriots here in a minute um but just so you guys know uh, we're going to put a pause on it for sure for next week. And then I will be back kind of the week after kind of to see if we keep this thing rolling. Um, and then like, like Jay said, like he, he is paused, but not forgotten. He, he is still around. Um, and we'll kind of see how things shake out in the future. Um, but there's definitely like no beef or anything like that. Um, no, <laughs> it's not, yeah, a, not a yeah, situation yeah, where yeah. I'm fighting my man over here or anything like that. Um, so we'll we'll be back in some shape or form in the future. We just need to kind of hit a little bit of a pause on this form of the show um, for right now.
0: Yeah, there's definitely no beef. I mean, this has been—I uh, would say this has been enlightening because it's it's, uh, it's it's you know two dudes doing good good work. So it's uh, you know it's kind of you know the, I wasn't you know I wouldn't say sad. That part there's worse things that could happen but uh you know definitely no beef it's not like we're you know going to be out there trolling each other or anything like that It's <laughs> it definitely you know the thing has been truly supportive of each other even before this and even you know will continue um so it's just one of those things that uh you know I just got to do what i got to do and it, and you know it's, the great thing about it is it, is and this is totally different you know sometimes you have experiences with people you know whether it's businesses or you know like you you know like one time in high school I had to transfer in, you know, high school to get a better opportunity for me to go get earn a scholarship because my dad was like, dude, if you don't get a scholarship, I ain't you ain't going to one of these big universities. You're going to be going to like Normandale Community College. And, you know, there's some, you know, one of my best friends, he was like, man, I support you. We're always going to be best friends. We're still best friends to this day. And then you had some people that were salty because, you know, for their, you know, uh, you know for, for their selfish reasons, they didn't, you know they didn't see why I was going to transfer and stuff, et cetera, et cetera. So when you kind of like look at it, this situation, you know, it's kind of one of those things that, it, you know, you, you, know, when we talked about it, maybe kind of knew it. And, uh, and then, you know, kind of, we talked about it and talked about it and it's been supportive. And it's not like I will not you know, won't be around. So it's not like, uh, you know, i moving out of state or anything like that. So, um, you know, it's just one of those things that, uh, you know, time is everything. And it's the time for me to, you know, try to, you know, do my due diligence, uh, you know, down with the team.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's funny because what you made me think of when you were saying that is I do end every podcast by saying don't be a hater. Um, I live that. I'm not a hater. I would never be like, you know, downplay somebody having any type of opportunity, especially a friend of mine. So that that's never going to be an issue for me. Uh, but shifting gears here, each week we uh, have some segments, as you guys know, that are mainstays of the show. Um, the first one is coach speak, where we go over something that a coach, a player, or a talking head said, and then we give you the straight up breakdown of what they meant. Coach, speak to real talk. Now, this week comes courtesy of Patriots owner Robert Kraft after his team's huge spending spree in free agency. I feel like every time I got an alert from Adam Schefter, it was about the uh, Patriots spending some money. And Kraft said this um, to Football Morning in America Quote, it's in, it's like investing in the stock market. You can take advantage of corrections and inefficiencies in the market when you can. And that's what we did here. We'll see. Nothing is guaranteed. And I'm very cognizant of that. But we're not in the business just to be in the business. We're in the business to win. So, Jay, what did Robert Kraft really mean?
0: Oh, he said, look, we, we, we let you all have your fun last year. But now, we, now you guys have been made us mad, so now we're going to really go out there and spend some money, and we're coming back with a vengeance because we are all are about winning. And that, that's that's great because sometimes I think there's teams in the NFL that will go out and spend money just so that it looks like they're trying to do something. You know what I'm saying? Right. Versus Robert Kraft is out there really trying to do something, and uh, and they're they're trying to get the right guys. Now, I will say this. Over the years, the Patriots – and there's, you know, when they went out and got uh, Adelius Thomas from the Ravens, it never really worked out. And I think that was more of a personality type of thing versus a, a playmaking type of deal. But I think they've learned from that. So I think they went out and strategically got guys and they had a pretty penny, pretty penny for it that fit into the system that, that they know that works, that helped them win, you know, seven Super Bowls and always be in the AOC championship and win the NFC East um i think the defense is going to be back so i think that what they what they're doing is they're putting everybody on notice that we spent a little money and it's going to pay off and we're going to you know we're going to hit big on these stocks that we got and they felt like they got you know a, you know triple a stocks and so time will tell and uh, there's a team that if there's ever a team that can turn it around and uh, make true of their word or their statement it's it's, it's robert Kraft and the uh New England Patriots I think they've been kind of looking forward to it if you you look even uh, even when you look at it how they picked up or when they picked up Cam Newton brought them back they're trying to reinvent themselves and they're and they're looking at it as a challenge and they know part of a challenge when you're running a business and and running something like this um, that you uh, you know there's things that you got to do in order to uh, you know be ahead of the curve and be successful and so that's what they're trying to do get guys in there that fit their system and then go on and and, uh, you know, get back up to their winning ways.
1: Yeah, it's it's, it's weird, because a couple of things kind of came to mind, like watching them spend this money and then definitely seeing this quote um, from Robert Kraft in that, uh, first of all, it's weird, because, like, I know people hate the Patriots. Like, there's no, like, full stop. Like, it's not, like, nobody's hiding that um, outside of Sasha, um, thankfully producing this pod. Like, people hate the Patriots, right? And so I think it's weird, because after... Last year, even though saying like what they went through, what they went through was seeing their former superstar and legend win a Super Bowl somewhere else, like in a way it a I think kind of gave Belichick and Kraft a little bit of extra juice right to like kind of because I mean they've done a lot in the sport right so every once in a while you need to have that little extra push. Um, no matter how successful or driven you are, you need that push. So I think that that helps them. But then on the other side, and this is what relates to people hating them, like it's going to be a little weird because now they almost get to be a little bit of a comeback story. Right. Like can like and, and I could see more like not everybody rooting for them because there's always going to be people, Spygate, whatever, um, that just don't like them. But I could see more people rooting for them to have a bounce back this next season, just because, you know, and it's just kind of an old axiom um, right? About what happens in America, basically, where people hate you when you're on top, but then you take a little tumble and people end up rooting for you to come back a little bit. And I can see that happening for them, which will put them in a really weird position um, being like seeing how much they've won over recent history.
0: Yeah. And look, it's funny. is like they, People want you to to build up and, and win and then they get mad that you win too much. It's the weirdest thing ever. And so that's where the Patriots are fighting they're fighting their own legacy and their own, you know, their own greatness in a in a way. So it's it's just one of those things that they're gonna have to deal with. And and I think they're gonna use it as motivation. If look, if there's ever a team that would take, you know, some sort of minute motivation is the comeback and everybody's against us and find some reason. For them not to, uh, you know, be respected or anything like that, it's the New England Patriots. So they're going to, you know, take it, use it as fuel and uh, come back and I'm assuming going to be back in the, you know, the the title hunt because they are a team that's, you know, generally uh, been successful when they're very, very motivated. And, uh, you know, when they get a chance to, you know, stomp on you, they do a good job.
1: Yeah, and it'll be interesting too because like whether or not they're done, kind of adding pieces. Like what ends up ultimately happening with quarterback. I know they paid Cam Newton double digits uh, in the millions, um, but even he gets to kind of now be a little bit of a comeback story um, after he was so polarizing to people for whatever reason. Um, and so it, it, it just will make for like that storyline of what happens with the Patriots when people we get back around the NFL season. Um, and you're making kind of man, what are the top storylines that I want to look out for like what happens with the Patriots is definitely going to be up there for a lot of people
0: yeah I mean they're 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 under the pressure because like like I said they've won so much they've been so good they've been so dominant they've they've won they've destroyed the AFC East and kind of cakewalk into you know the AFC Championship and, and and Super Bowls and they've done it you know teeter-tottering on whatever you know on the gray line of cheating and doing you know the most or, you know, doing what they need to do to win. And so now they're looking – everybody's waiting for the Patriots to fall on their face. Now what the Patriots are going to do, or assuming what they're going to do, if I know them correctly, is, you know, double back around and come back with a vengeance, and they're going to try to do it and do it a different way. Look, the, the pressure it isn't necessarily on them because they, they the Patriots are – if not – in football, they're probably the most dominant franchise ever you know, right now, it just I'm thinking that's even, you know, when the Packers were really good and the Steelers, when you think of just longevity yeah, over 20 49 years, runs, yeah. 49 around, I mean, you're talking about a team for 20 years that was dominating. Okay. That every year the Super Bowl started and stopped with New England in, in some part of the conversation. Um, And, you know, so they don't have anything else to prove. Now what kind of puts a little bit more on it is that, you know, there was always that thing as success goes, you know, everybody started as, as success goes. So do the ego start to grow. Right. Belichick thought it was his coaching. Everybody was giving, you know, Tom Brady the credit or a lot of the credit. I mean, look, he's a handsome dude. He's a quarterback. So he gets probably more credit than he deserves. And when you're winning that much, it's all about Brady. It was kind of a match made in heaven. You got two guys that probably, you know, that really believe themselves, but I really, even out, even though when they're, They believe in themselves so much; they truly work together. I think they lost a little bit of their way when Belichick kind of wanted, you know, Tom out of there, and you know that there was rumblings where, you know, Belichick was saying that he, you know, you know he he can get 15 other quarterbacks to do what Tom's done, and then Tom goes and wins the Super Bowl in the first year down in Tampa. That's that's really been the opposite of the Patriots for 20 years. It's been a pretty much I wouldn't say a losing franchise, but. Tampa Bay is, you know, before this year, even when they even when even though they won a Super Bowl with John Gruden, you you, the first one of the first highlights they always show about Tampa Bay or with Tampa Bay is when they had Doug Williams and, and Steve Young cream, and they, you know, the, the cream, the cream, sickle, orange uh, jerseys. And they had the coach Rich McKay was like, you know, when he was mic'd up, was like this is horrible. And, you know, he ended up quitting. That's what you see on NFL films or up until, you know, recently is on NFL film. So, um, you know, so Tom goes down there and takes like what he's learned from the Patriots and turns them into a winner and gets them. Now they're doing kind of the Patriot thing where you got guys maybe taking a little bit less on their deals and, and wanting to come back and see if they can make a Super Bowl run all while, you know, coming out in the window and they thought Tom was washed up. So um, there's a little bit of that too because um, there, there was a little bit of a power struggle when you have the owner, that loves Tom, knows how much money Tom has made him um, and made New England Patriots a, a worldwide, you know, respected franchise and opened up business opportunities for him from the money he's made to be able to have ownership in other leagues and teams, right, um, versus, you know, a coach that where Bill Belichick has got there and he pretty much runs the show. He runs it all the way to, who, you know, who's the janitor and, you know, he's got two or three of his kids on staff. So it was definitely a little bit of a, a, bit of a power struggle. Um, but, uh, New England is, uh, they're going to be focused and everybody's going to be seeing how quickly they can turn it around. I would think that it'd be very hard for them to turn around and win it next year with all these different pieces, but I think there'll be a factor. And the reason why is, is if Kansas city didn't have all the pieces that they have still in place, I would say New England would be one of the odds on favorite just by coaching and the ability to, you know, win games and manufacture wins now uh with the deficit what they have at quarterback and with Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and some of the other guys in the AFC um you know I think it's uh you know one of those things that you no know, it's not going to be overnight but I think they're definitely going to be competitive and they're going to uh, surprise some people next year. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I think that it'll be Definitely. Like, it's just weird to even think about them. And what you that last thing you just said was that New England being able to surprise some people next year, to even think of them that way. Um, But it's a testament to them and how long that this run has been going, that it can kind of ebb and flow. And then they end up, they could end up coming out on the back end being like kind of a Cinderella ish um, type of story, but that'll be definitely something to watch. But speaking of Cinderella's um, I, I know you've been watching The NCAA tournament this year has been crazy. Let's break that down. Like, (laughs) what a welcome back um, for the tournament this year. Like it's been extremely unpredictable. Uh, it's been weird and wild. Um, Loyola, Chicago, um, getting things kicked off. I handled uh, my home state team, Illinois. Uh, we've had upset by number 11 seed Syracuse, fit, number 15, Oral Roberts, number 12, Oregon State, knocked out um, Oklahoma State. I wanted to see Kay Cunningham play more, uh, but Oregon State had different uh, plans on that. Um, you're going to be, well, like be forced to have another double-digit seed advance on Monday. So by the time you hear this on Tuesday, there'll be another one because we got an 11-14 matchup with UCLA and Abilene Christian. And I think Ohio and Maryland are 13-10 and 10 seeds. So I guess like with this craziness, first it's been great to have the tournament back and the people have been very excited to see it. Very bad for your brackets. Um, but what have you thought so far about the tournament and kind of all of the unpredictability that we've had so far?
0: I like it. Um, you know, it's. I think it's exciting. I think you know. Um, you know, not having a tournament last year. Um, you know, I think it's. You know, I was ready for anything. And uh, you know, of course, right. I picked. And I think that's it, a lot I, of people picked, You know, I picked Illinois to win it. I thought that they had two lottery picks players. I think they're. I thought they were a tough team. I thought they played well. They had. They had played good competition. Beat good competition all year. Um, but you know, sometimes when you play teams that either feel slighted or didn't, you know, you you know, styles make fights. And I can tell you, look, Loyola Chicago, a lot of those kids probably played against each other, not scared to play each other. And you, if you look at that, you look at that game, you look at Abilene Christian against Texas, you know, the, you know, the little brother, you know, stepping up to beat the big brother, not scared. And then when you got good guard play, you're always going to be in the game. And that's what it comes down to because when you look at the NCAA tournament, the teams that usually usually upset you think of the biggest upsets you know over time right you, you got to think of when you know C J McCollum you know took his team and and upset Duke right it's guard yep. play and you got to have guys that can put the ball in the hoop can make threes create their own shot um, and that's where are. you look at Oral Roberts right you know they got two really good scorers Those, in their in their one's a guard one's kind of a small forward but they can do everything and. So, you know, I liked it. Um, Maybe not to this magnitude because my bracket has been busted. You know, first it was Ohio State, you know, busting it up, and then Illinois busted I'm not even looking at my bracket anymore because it's done. Um, But it's definitely exciting. I'm definitely going to be tuned in. I'm, I'm, you know, excited for a lot of these teams. You know, like when you think of Maryland against Alabama, you think I like the way they play. I like to see Arkansas back in the day because – you know, when they had Nolan Richardson, you know, they were always, they had been struggling for a while. So you see teams like that. You see Syracuse yesterday when they run that kind of two, three zone and kind of grind out an ugly win. It's a West Virginia team that people thought were going to be in the national title hunt at the beginning of the year. And they have, you know, a, fir- a couple first round picks. So it's, I like it. Um, and I also think it's, it's, it's maybe, and I say, just maybe changing the landscape of college basketball and, to the, to the sense of, you know, when you think about let's think, let's just draw this back a little bit. When you think of Kentucky and Duke, right? Yep. The two teams that's always had numerous lottery picks every year. It's almost like every year they you know, for it was Anthony Davis, Zion William, Williamson, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Both of them don't make the tournament. Both of them were horrible this year. And both of them got the brakes beat off them at times. And both of them at times were embarrassing, right? Th- those are two... It's not even blue bloods. Those are just superior generally basketball programs. Then you throw in, say, like a North Carolina, right? That had, you know, has probably they had three seven footers and you thought that they were going to be able to beat Wisconsin. And Wisconsin ends up mollywapping them by by 20, right? So and then on the other side, a team that'd been struggling and have been struggling for years that made a big run in the big east was the, the you know, the Georgetown Hoyas, they get in, even though they, you know, didn't play well in the tournament. So I like this year. That you saw some teams that have been struggling, uh, been off the map, um, and they're back on now. And, and then it's uh, where, where you got people that uh, have been dominant are, are going to have to go back and retool. And I always say they actually have to coach. And so it's one of those things that I think is a, you know, a pretty good year.
1: Yeah, it's funny because you—you all of a sudden, you know, if you're you're John Calipari, you realize, man, I can't just roll the ball out there anymore. Like because all it takes um, is really one year where you kind of have that down here, and I think it was it was the worst season in like 20-something years that Kentucky had, right? And it was definitely – I think it's the worst season under him for sure. Um, and so you kind of have to regroup. When we were talking about um, in the last segment Belichick and kind of having that extra fire lit under him and that extra push, like I wonder if that same thing happens for a guy like Coach Cal, um, who I've always been a big fan of. I, I really like Coach Cal. Um, I always wanted him to leave Kentucky to come coach the Lakers when they were struggling just because I like him. Um, he might not be the best X's and O's guy. It just might be the best salesman and the best recruiter. Um, but we're gonna see, right? Like we're gonna see going forward for them. But I also think it's it's interesting to me that if you're a college basketball fan and you're close to like our age, right? There are certain teams that you were really happy to see back in the mix. Like like you said, Georgetown was a team um, that was just such a big deal for us growing up that it was nice to see them in the mix and make that run in the Big East tournament, even though they did not do well in the NCAA tournament. Arkansas United is another team like that. Um, I think it's kind of cool even to see UCLA um, still in the tournament hanging around because I can never for the life of me understand why they're not better um that's always weird and then sticking in the big 10 michigan is one of those teams right and they've been doing great with juan howard um we'll see them with a 1-8 matchup tonight against lsu see if they can be you know they're not the last hope I guess, because he got more Big Ten teams still hanging in there. Um, But they're probably the best hope for the Big Ten to be able to end this run that they've been on of not winning the whole thing, even though the league has been so strong and so good um, over these last few years. So, yeah, there's a a ton of storylines. And that's even before you get to – what we started out talking about, which is all of the upsets, then I do think that you're on to something with kind of the changing of the guard in college basketball, because it's almost, it is a similar thing to college football for me. Well, you know, how we're always talking about now, like you don't have to go to like insert big, Uh, blue blood school here, like Alabama, LSU and football to be an NFL draft pick anymore. Like that doesn't, you can, if you can play and the NFL will find you. Um, And it's similar like that in basketball. Now you mentioned CJ McCollum coming from what Lehigh, like if you can play, we just saw the most recent example of this, I guess, was John Morant taking his team um, in a run and then getting picked in the top three of the draft. Like, so that has been less of a, fear or worry now for guys going into college. If, if you can play, the NBA will find you. And what we're seeing is, is if you're a really good player, and you have another one on your team at like Abilene Christian, like you can make a run in the NCAA tournament. Like the, the days are probably over, especially in what this year was would be it being so weird where, you know, you, you're that team and you're a 16 seed. And you just gonna get blown out by Duke or Kentucky or somebody like you can make a run like that now.
0: Yeah, you can, and, uh, um, you know, what the funny thing about it is when you look at it, you know, USC uh, has the guy that's maybe go number one uh, in, you know, in the draft where, you know, you never think of USC as a basketball school. And then, you, you like you said, Abilene Christian and all these guys, if you have a guy that can fill it up, you can make history. And I think that when you had – the one, now I think it's kind of cool. You want to be that team. You want to be that underdog to come in and shock the world. And I think it's um, one of those things that people will remember you by. helps you get drafted. Uh, if you're, you know, able to go on, you're able to actually maybe even go play overseas or something like that. But also I think that, it, it, you know, the three-point shot and the way that people play and the ability to shoot deep threes has really changed the game. And it also I think is conversely, What what is not really, you know, coached a lot, whether it's the AAU and high school is defense. And so you have uh, if you have some guys that that can shoot it, control the game, get to the hoop uh, and, uh, you know, create plays. um, You know, it it can be a long game. And then also, I think that when teams are supposed are such a heavy favorite. Right. When they start to play teams that are actually coming out there and playing, then you see them get tight. When you look back at that Purdue game. Purdue looked like they played tight from the first four or five minutes of the game. And they looked like they, they were scared. It was you know, pretty much scared the whole time. And you can tell the, the way they, they're never comfortable and they were going through the motions. They weren't playing up to their, to, to their capabilities. And, um, you know, they end up obviously losing and you would never think if they played 10 times that, you know, during a, you know, regular season, would that happen? It's, funny things happen in the NCAA tournament styles, make fights, but then also, I think that it's starting to become more popular now um, that, uh, you know, the lower seeds or their team, you know, they're looking at Abilene Christian. They're looking like, man, we're, you know, we're getting we're getting snubbed at a 14th seed. You think Ohio is a 13th seed. And, you know, one of the things also where we go back and talk about schools that are actually starting to, you know, be good at sports that they're not known for. Uh, well, first of all, Colorado has never been known for anything. But look at them. They're a number five seed <laughs> and, they're play- <laughs> and they're playing and they're playing. Uh, that's a little innocent jab against those I, Buffaloes I see up there. You, but, I see you. Right? Yeah. But then you, they're playing Florida State, right? And Florida State, you know, you, you think when Leonard Hamilton took it over, he took over a bottom feeder program and started to build it up and build it up build it up. And now they're, you know, somewhat of a national powerhouse. So you got to give them, um, you know, some props. And and so it, it, I think it's exciting. I think it's good for basketball. Um, you Also, I will say, you know, you finally had a year where Kansas didn't win the Big 12. Baylor actually, you know, when they were supposed to win it, they did win it. Um, but then Kansas made a little bit of a run, and there he ended up a number three seed. So, you know, I think overall it, it's it's one of the best scenarios that can happen for the NCAA, you know, having a tournament. But um, I'm sure they would rather have the big names in there, but I think it's going to bring more eyes to the, uh, you know, to watch. And also, I, I, you know what else I'm a fan of? I'm a fan of, you know, you know, obviously, I, I I go back and forth. Would I rather have the games that are played today on Sunday? But I like a little bit of you know Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday in that first week. You know, to, to get a little bit you know later games. Monday, uh, I prefer all the games to be a little bit later because you know there's eleven o'clock game and then one o'clock. Yeah, I'd like you know to continue on to the week. But uh, you know, I think it, it's been you know a pretty good tournament so far as far as excitement and games that you have to watch, and they have definitely been no joke. I mean, these games have been coming down to the wire. There's been a couple blowouts. Obviously, Villanova do their thing last night against North Texas, but overall it's been a pretty tight and exciting um, uh, uh, tournament.
1: Yeah, I think that it, it's funny because, you know, it, we've I think we've talked about this a little bit on the show before about kind of how I, in general, don't like all the upsets. I want to see the Blue Bloods, but in a season – that we didn't even get some of the blue bloods in here, right? Like a, couple of, a few of them weren't even here, um, and it just—I just think that there's something good this year about having kind of the chaos. Like, um, it, yeah, it's horrible for my bracket. Like, I actually just looked at it for the first time since we started the thing. Um, my my team that I picked Houston uh, to make a surprise run is still in it at least, um, but otherwise that bracket uh, looks like a murder scene. So I, I probably won't look at it again until Houston gets eliminated. Um, but But I do think that it's cool to have what we've had, and I think that the interest is still there. Plus, I think that in the end, and we'll see how it goes because we could still get to, say, the Elite Eight, the Final Four, and it's basically all the top seeds. But I think that it would be a little bit unfortunate if we have that because then you basically just get to that and people are like, oh, here we go again. After all of that chaos, we still end up with just the top teams. Um, playing for for the ultimate prize, so it would be nice if we could see a couple of these teams continue to make these runs um, because it just I think it's just fitting for the year that college basketball has had this year.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it it would le- make it legit versus you get a you know one or two victory you know one or two like upsets and then you know they fall off. So I'd like to see them make it. You know, one of them be there uh, because I think there's some legit teams. I mean, I think they are for like they are for real. I mean, if you're still sleeping on Oral Roberts, you you in for a rude awakening. I they can tell you that right ballers. now. They got some ballers, and, and if you are sleeping on say like a Arkansas, which isn't like a you, you know what isn't necessarily an upset, but they haven't been around in a while, you you're gonna be sadly mistaken. I mean, Oral Roberts beat a, a really really good Florida team and beat them, you know you know towards the end like like some champions. You think Oregon State? Is going to come up there, and you think because they got ugly uniforms that you're 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 going to just kind of you know sleepwalk through? It. you you're in some trouble, and, and I'm not going to even talk about Ohio, uh, Chicago because they they you know they're legit and they 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 built a program that's been uh, you know they've been building on winning, and so they're going to give you a you know run for your money. And there's plenty around here. I mean, you think even though Alabama is a number two seed, they're not a blue blood basketball school. They're new on no. the scene, so there's this this is all new to them, right? So they're trying to burst on the scene, and then they're you know they're playing Maryland, which I think they should be able to handle. But you got to think these, this is some big time stuff for you know college basketball, and the, there's a lot of on Gonzaga. There's a lot of pressure on Baylor. Uh, it's going to be you, see, you know what you know really the a team that's really under a lot of pressure, in my opinion, is Iowa, because they you know they got the the, the nation's best player or the player of the year, and you know are they really for real? Can they do it under pressure? And can they live up to the hype is going to be interesting to see. And Oregon is kind of is always there and they got the first front by. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, is, is, the, is the game off better for Oregon or is it better for Iowa to be in rhythm?
1: Yeah, that'll it'll definitely yeah, that will definitely be something to watch. We need those Big Ten teams. If you're like, if all of a sudden you turn into you know root for the conference guy or girl, um, that definitely we want to at least see Iowa hang around. Um, you know, people around here probably are not hoping for Iowa. Um, but every week uh, we in the show with our favorite segment um, called "Put Them on Blast," where we basically put someone on blast for something that they did or said. Put them on blast. I am actually going to stay in the NCAA. Uh, talking about the men's tournament. I have to, I gotta put the NCAA on blast for what they did to the women ballers. Um, if, I don't know if how you could have missed this. If you missed it, I'll set the scene for you. Um, there were all sorts of pictures floating around of the men's setup for their weight room, also their swag bags that they got for being in the tournament, and then the food setup, right? So, all of the things that you know you've come to kind of associate with being able to go to one of these tournaments. And then they contrasted that with what the women got. The weight room was the thing that I think caught fire and got the most attention. And that was awful. Like the men had like this palatial thing that looked amazing. And the women basically had something like they basically had the same amount of weights that I have at my house uh, for the entire tournament which is terrible. Then people started to see how they had, how the food setup was, and that was nowhere close. Um, And then the swag bags, which I think, I don't, it's hard to even rank which of these was the most offensive, but the swag bag thing was really bad, um, where they had like, it wasn't even half of the amount of stuff. It was like a fourth of the stuff, and it was like bad stuff at that. Um, Then, because the NCAA it's not enough for the NTA ever to just do wrong and then kind of say, hey, we messed up. Like, let's try and figure out a way to fix this. They came out and went on like this PR apology. I'm putting air quotes, even though y'all can't see me tour. And they basically made it worse where at one point someone said that the difference in the weather between Indianapolis and San Antonio were the reasons that they got that different swag bag. Um, it was just a horrible look. The NCAA got dragged um, rightfully. So once again, I think Dick Sporting Goods um, stepped up and said that they would actually, they had the trucks ready. They would send the equipment out to the women if, if they wanted to um, because they just, these high level elite athletes are just being done wrong. Um, and so for, for all of that, and, and always more, I got to put the NCAA on blast. Once again, I feel like they might have been, in season one of this show, my leading contender of getting put on blast because they are always doing something wrong.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's that, look, you hit that right on the on the head. I mean, the funny thing, is, the only thing I will say, you know, they kind of went at the men's side of, you know, the NCAA, you know, for the tournament, when actuality, it was actually the the women's side that actually is the one that sets up the, the you know where they stay and so i it's the ncaa in, in general they, they first of all it shouldn't even be any discrepancies. you should just have this is when you go down there and you kind of like take the law the land you know the lay. you know is that this you look what well, this is going to be the weight room this is the when the times are going to be you know for each team and they know at this day and age women lift weights when they play sports they got to stay in shape they got to do all these different things, even though they're, you know, off site. So it's just bad planning. And anytime you make a mistake, it's probably better just to get out and just say, look, I messed up. We messed up. We'll do better. And we apologize. And it never happened again, instead of going around and try to find different reasons to do it. It wasn't a good look. And the more you talk, the more you look kind of guilty and that's what they are. They just didn't plan well. And and they, uh, the optics of it wasn't good uh the effort wasn't good because it should have been done from the very beginning so it's just one of those things that uh you know and they had plenty of time it wasn't like last year where maybe they delayed the ncaa tournament i mean they knew yeah they generally. didn't
1: know that it was happening they, something. yeah they,
0: they, they knew generally once football kicked kicked off there was going to be an ncaa tournament they kept saying it wasn't going to be the same and so you should have had it you had your ducks in a row so it, it, it's just a it's bad on them and then Hopefully they, uh, you know, can, they got to get their, you know, they got to stop being reactionary and be more in the forefront of making the right decisions.
1: I feel like we say that. Uh, it like, feels like weekly we say that about the NCAA. Uh, but who are you putting on blast this week?
0: Now I'm going to put on blast just in general, the, the young cats that end up being, that go to play professional sports. But one in particular is going to be Isaiah Wilson. And Isaiah Wilson was a big offensive tackle. Two years ago from Georgia, uh, looked apart. went to the combine, had excellent interviews, right? Everybody's talking about, oh, he, he wowed him in the interviews with these GMs, right? Um, that's what got him up to the first round because his tape was okay, right? He's just a big, you know, he's a big guy, but he, he kind of was, you know, off and on. Um, and so the Tennessee Titans picked him in the first round. Um, he ended up having two bouts with COVID because he was breaking protocol. Then he got a DUI, and essentially that was a redshirt year from him. All of a sudden, you start to hear that he's showing immaturity. Well, just a couple months ago, it was he knew how to pass the the, the fool test of going in there and and fooling these guys. They're going to give you, fooling them into giving you millions of dollars and drafting you. Well, the Tennessee Titans traded him to the Miami Dolphins. Well, lo and behold, the Miami Dolphins ended up waiving him, mind you, that – this is the opportunity for one to him to come and start a new situation. They traded for you. So you're going to get two or three chances. Well, he burned his two or three chances before he even got there. So he, he arrived hours late to his physical. He was late to the onboarding process. He skipped multiple optional workouts that he agreed to tend to on Thursday and Friday and declined the support of service help that he was offered all in his first official week of the, of the team. In one week, he got fired when all he had to do was work out, show up, and take a physical. And then also what that supportive service means for you people out there, that they were actually going to have somebody pick him up, most likely go into his apartment or hotel and and wake him up, probably feed him breakfast, and take him to the stadium as a grown adult making millions of dollars or would be making millions of dollars and having a chance of a lifetime to continue in his NFL career. Now he has a reputation of what I said before. Now he's probably also forfeited his ability to get vested, which is in retirement, which you never know when you need it. And you never need, you never can have enough money on top of some of his guarantees might be voided due to a suspension with the Titans. So now he doesn't, he's not getting any more money and, and he might have to give back some money to the team that originally drafted him. I am putting him on blast because whoever his agent is, his advisors, his homeboys, confidants, you need to be a man enough and stop taking advantage of him and stop letting him, uh, you know, shoot or sink his uh, professional career down the toilet drain uh, because he wants to go around and act like, a, like an imbecile. So I'm putting him on blast and I'm putting whoever else is around him on blast and whoever else is going to be next to uh, forfeit millions and millions of dollars because you want to go around and act like a, a bunch of idiots.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's very well deserved. I think that any time like I think it's hard for people to watch folks throw away opportunities like that, especially when if you want to do better, all the tools are there at your disposal. Um, you're just choosing not to. And that also means that the people around you are not Either you are it's the worst example where you're not listening to anyone, or well, I guess this might be even worse where people are just enabling that behavior around you, which could be the case.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's just one of the things that it's whatever, whatever it is, and look, the Tennessee Titans have given them plenty of opportunity. I mean, Ray Bull is kind of, you know, you know, said, Hey, look, we'll go with you. And they, you know, they wanted, they needed him to start. And that's a legitimate playoff franchise. That he that he was going to fit in and be able to be like their their cornerstone. And so, you know, it's an opportunity that he squandered himself, and you can't be mad at anybody but him, or he can't be mad at anybody but himself. And so it's just one of those things, it's unfortunate, but you also got to put these guys on blast because the excuses can't be, oh, well, this is this happened, this happened, and so give him a break. You've had a numerous amount of breaks, and then you decided to can get yourself fired in one week in a new situation that they were going to give you, uh, you know, a new start. And, you know, from my experience, and then also as, as you know, is that there's, these opportunities come few and far between. Right. And when you're a first round pick, you get a lot more than say like, you know, a six or seven round pick and, the, and it, it, it seems like it wasn't important to him. And hopefully the reality hits him before his career is actually fully, you know, over and that door is shut. And he can't get back into the NFL, i.e., like Jamarcus Russell, right? He tried to get back no matter what he did, it's that first impression was a lasting impression. So uh hopefully he gets it right, but I still have to put him on blast, uh, even though uh he he might have a come to Jesus, uh maybe hopefully sooner than later, but you just never know.
1: All right, that will do it for us. Uh, today's episode and for season one of the Straight Up Breakdown podcast. Subscribe to this podcast, though, everywhere you listen to them. Uh, rate us, review us, and leave us a five-star review. If you leave four, I am inclined to think you're a hater, and nobody wants that. Uh, make sure you're also checking out the other podcasts on the Hale Varsity Network, the Mind Your Own podcast, the Varsity Club, more to it and the Hill Varsity radio show. Also, check out the Hill Varsity YouTube page. Uh, and as another reminder, the show will be taken off next week, but I'll be back the following week uh, to keep the thing rolling. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at Greg Smith HB and at Foreman5644. I will catch you in two weeks. Enjoy that media production.